This is a podcast from The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. Well, thanks for joining me again for uh, uh, another uh, game podcast bonus. And I'm joined by, by Patty Barkley. Patty, you, you wrote a piece in, uh, in in Saturday's Times about about the Clásico, about Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you about some of the some of the stuff that went on, but yeah. I want to start with something else, which is, I mean, this game we've been saying for a long time is the biggest game in the world. Yes. Are these the two best sides? I think so. I think so now. I think what the two legs of the Spanish Super Cup uh, taught us uh, was that A, no matter how good our Community Shield match uh, is, and it was an absolute cracker this season between the Manchester clubs, uh, the Spanish are going to come along and beat it with these two sides. But what it taught us uh, vis-a-vis the uh, Champions League two-legged uh, semi last season is that is that Real Madrid are getting closer I think uh, there have been two factors in this one they just needed to bed in after Mourinho's first year and two in the Champions League semis he made a complete pig's ear of his tactical approach by not pressing in the Barcelona half I mean uh, with a, a higher press in the in the in the two legs uh, Barcelona had less time to play and wow it gave them a couple of problems um, so I think that uh, they also have twigged that Barcelona's weakness is uh, on set pieces in the air and uh, again that's something that they did prove in the in the Copa del Rey last season but uh, they made you, you know you're not going to give get aerial set pieces unless you get into the opposition opposition half and they, having done that they've proved uh, for me that they're the second best team in the world after all who's our best team Manchester United Manchester United had one attempt on goal in the 90 minutes of the Champions League final Real Madrid had a lot more than that well, when you play a five foot nine center half, you're, you're certainly bound, I think, to be somewhat vulnerable in the air. Yes, um, Puyol's, I, uh, Puyol's better than Mascarano, obviously, but he's, you know, Pique is their their best aerial player, and what they don't have is they don't have a big forward. Most teams defend on set pieces using a big forward back. Uh, Barcelona don't have that option. Um, the, I agree with you that Didier Drogba's Chelsea's best defender I, except in defending set pieces yeah, John Terry thanks you for that um, well, I, he is <laughs> I, I, he's I, not particularly good in the air I it's a fallacy <laughs> only when attacking the ball he's not a good defensive header okay back to Real Madrid uh, I, I, I certainly agree with you that um, Real Madrid played very well um, there's a school of thought that says Mourinho really, you know, he did their preseason preparation. They're way ahead of where they are. That somebody put it, it's basically it's October in Madrid right now, mm. whereas it's still August in uh, in, in Barcelona. Barcelona yeah. had a lot of um, obviously a lot of guys were involved in Copa America, and also crucially. Um, Barcelona a lot of people missing from, from the first leg which finished 2-2 and yeah. there's a school of thought that says with all those things in Madrid's favor yes. the fact that they lost 
actually should be very worrying because Barcelona clearly have another level to go to um, and perhaps Madrid don't. Do, do you buy yeah, that argument? Yeah, that's that's that is a fair point. Um, I mean, particularly the, the Puyol, which you uh, alluded to before. Um, it was interesting that Barcelona, um, although oddly enough, uh, you know, Adriano, you know, one of the, the fringe players actually uh, brilliantly made the, the winner just as Afalai had in the Champions League final. Uh, for Messi but by and large the, the interesting thing was that Barcelona brought in uh, players uh, Thiago Alcantara would be one that I would pick out I mean I think he's a magnificent prospect in midfield they used him in the first leg he uh, maybe not outstanding and then of course in the second leg along comes the big boy the experienced player Cesc Fabregas so yes Barcelona without question you see but uh, you know in my opinion Barcelona are arguably the best team that football has ever thrown up this current Barcelona team is arguably the best team that football has ever thrown up certainly different from anything we've ever seen before uh, even a step up football wise from uh, Frank Rijkaard's team and Johan Cruyff's teams before that so you know I, I mean if Real Madrid can still be you know could still improve and become one of the best teams of all time and still be slightly behind Barcelona that's the joy and also the downside because if nobody can get near these two you know we've got a super league of one or two I actually think back to women's tennis and Martina number 12 and Chris Everett and I thought that was actually kind of cool but and um, we thought well mind you we thought actually since you bring up the tennis analogy you can talk about Federer and Nadal and we thought they're stuck there forever and then along comes Djokovic there you go but I wanted to turn the conversation over to Mourinho you've written a book about the guy I the more I watch him the more I find it difficult to understand him I can understand blowing your top and, you know, I, I can't justify it, but I can understand from a purely Machiavellian point of view. From Ma- yes. You go demented after the Champions uh, League semi-final. Because, because you messed up. You you messed up. It draws attention from that. Everybody's talking about you and UNICEF and Frisk and all this jazz. But this time, Real Madrid played very, very well over the two legs, and you could argue that they were unlucky. Um, and instead... He goes and he does what he did. Now, in case you've been hiding under a rock, mm. uh, there was an all-out melee at the end of the game, which Mourinho did to do nothing to act as a pay- peace as a peacemaker in. But he goes up to um, Tito Villanova, the yeah. uh, um, uh, Guardiola's assistant. He appears to sort of cuff him by the ear and jab his finger in his eye, and then he sort of you know weasels away, smirking and looks at him. I. I'm going to try to justify it. Uh, certainly, you know, even Iker Casillas has come out and said, you know, we need to, to, to ratchet this down several notches. You've studied the man. Mm. Do you have an explanation? No, except that, uh, you know, you live and learn. And, and uh, at first I swallowed all this rubbish about, you know, he does it to take the pressure off the players. But, I mean, that's just no longer uh, 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 no longer believable. Um, uh, and he certainly is a very... He's two different men. Because, I mean, Mourinho, I've had the pleasure of meeting him a few times and encountering him. And I've also... Because I... I wrote the you know this book further anatomy of a winner it, about him um i spoke to a lot of people who have encountered him and they're not only famous people but um people you know who nobody would ever have heard of like a, a boy who who he taught when he was a schoolboy, and i never found anything other than 
often quite moving uh, anecdotes of how he behaves when the cameras aren't there. Unfortunately, when the cameras are there, um, he's an absolute nightmare. He's worse than Sir Alex Ferguson, and that's saying something. Um, is and, it self-destructive? And, and, is it self-destructive and counterproductive uh, from his point of view, or, you, you, or does he get away? Yeah, with it? I mean, that's I, I, I still can't I still can't be sure about that. I think as you know, we're all learning um, as we go along about this guy. But um, all all I would say for absolute certain sure is that UEFA. And I mean, uh, there's no point in exhorting the Spanish league because the, it's a rabbit in the headlights. But uh, UEFA, certainly it's up to UEFA really to batter um, him into submission with with suspensions if well, he ever only, tries that trick again. I mean, after they can the, only do that in a Champions League game. I mean, yes, they're, they're not, but I think they need to. I think they need to uh, tighten up the rules to make it clear. We've seen with the business with Arsene Wenger and Udinese um, that the that the rules aren't as clear as we thought they were when Mourinho was banished from uh, Stamford Bridge. But that, bear in mind, was six years ago. And he hasn't learned. In fact, he's got worse. And the lesson of Sir Alex Ferguson's life is if you don't batter these people into submission, they'll just get worse and worse and worse as the years go by. So come on, UEFA, come on, the Spanish League, and come on, media. Just make it very, very clear that this is just not acceptable. And I think that the Barcelona players who've... I think also we must bear in mind that a lot of the trouble he gets into is against Barcelona. At Barcelona, he was treated as a... He was disparaged, you know. He was known as El Traductor, the translator. That's what he was. Which was a, a way of making it clear that everybody, that nobody believed what he believed was that he was a very useful assistant to first Sir Bobby Robson and afterwards Louis Van Hal. And if you spoke to them, you can't speak to Bobby anymore, but you can still speak to Louis Van Hal, and they would both say that he was a very valuable part of the coaching staff at Barcelona. So he was kind of slighted there. But having said that, you know, live and let live. Um, a lot of water's passed under the bridge since then. He shouldn't now be treating Barcelona as some kind of monstrous organization that's constantly trying to do him down. But all they're trying to do is produce the best football that the world has ever seen. Cheers, Patty. Thank you. 